Hey, welcome into the Coach Bo Knows podcast here on the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recorded live at the O'Connor Advisory Group Studios. Check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group at oagks.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter. Our handle is at Coach Bo Knows Show. You can also check out the Facebook page. Just search for Coach Bo Knows Show. You'll find it there. You can email us anytime at Show at gmail.com. Uh, today is episode 71, and coming in today is our most popular returning contributor. Ladies, always, if you're in the Denver area, place out your titles, Pro V1 golf balls, he will magically appear. He's a man of style and sophistication, and he remains undefeated against home pregnancy tests with a record of 53-0-1. He's the real reason Sierra moved to Denver. I can, I can believe that. Check out his new book, Russ May Cook, But I Can Eat. His mother named him Ricardo, and around here we call him Uncle Rico, my main man, Ricardo Gerbellini. Ricardo, how you doing today? Um, I'm a little brokenhearted after <laughs> yesterday's yeah. game. It, we, uh, it was close. Uh, in fairness, yeah, in fairness, I, the, I had seen a little bit of K-State earlier. And this may be, I think this is the best team they've had since Beasley. And, and it's a good team. They've been they're definitely underrated this year. Yeah, I've watched them two times before that game. And they're well coached. They're, they're athletic. Um, that, that, that was a good game. So we're, we're recording this Wednesday, which is way late for us. But I have been sick for a couple of days. Had a little stomach bug. I haven't been right since Sunday, really. So I appreciate you being kind enough to take a couple of days behind and and they get in here and do this now. Um, but yeah, we're talking about the Kansas-Kansas State game from Tuesday night, which was an unbelievably fun game. I mean, it was a competitive game. Um, two good teams went after one another. That was – it ain't the, ain't the result that a lot of people wanted, but uh, Kansas State took it to them in the end. And when it was important, they got it done. So we could talk a little more about that. Later. I, I like – yeah, well, for a conversation for that time. But this is a good team. I like the new coach. Yeah. He looks good. I like what he's doing. Uh, I think the team has bought into it. So uh, this, if you take this plus the expansion team, Houston joining the Big 12 very, very soon, yeah. uh, this looks to be a, a very competitive basketball league going forward as things are. Yeah, you got the couple. You got three teams coming. You got, you got UCF, Houston, and BYU all coming in. And I mean, Houston's the number one team in the country right now, and they ran away mm-hmm. at Tulane on Tuesday night. I watched part of that game, too. And Tulane ain't been no sucker this year. They have been playing well. And they got that game within four at one point, but then Houston just turned the afterburners off their athletes late in the second half. And I think that's the best college basketball team in the country. I think they're just hella athletic and long, and Kelvin Sampson's no joke as a coach. They look good. They look good. This is going to be competitive. Yeah, so it'll be it'll be fun. It'll be fun when they get into the conference for sure. And it's already a great conference. And what's going on with Iowa State and Texas and Kansas State's now good. And all those teams have one loss. And it's like, wow, everybody's really good. So, and we will get into some college basketball next week, I promise. But today we're just going to, we're going to talk about NBA, uh, NFL playoffs and where we're at and, kind of, and some of the buzzes going around right now. And then we're going to get out of here. But uh we wanted to get we wanted to get some NFL stuff in, but I'm sure Ellen and I are going to hit some of the college basketball stuff on uh, this weekend's pod as well. First off, let's talk about results from last week. 
you did a better job of picking games than I did last week. I um let me pull it up here again. With the uh six games, I went four and two, you went five and one. And it's funny because um the two we disagreed on were the ones that you won and I lost. It was uh I had Jackson, you had Jacksonville. I had did you have Jacksonville? Was that the one I had Jacksonville, yeah. What was the one you missed? The one you missed then was the Minnesota game, right? The Giants and the Vikings, Giants yeah. So I had picked the-, the Vikings, and I should have known better than to, tr- to pick Cousins. I should have you know, known better. I should have learned better than to trust Kirk Cousins, too, but I I just thought that the Giants wouldn't keep up with them scoring-wise. And not only did they, but that damn run game. I Look, we got to talk about the New York Giants for a minute because they're for real. Look. Ryan Dayball's yeah. done a great job. He's my choice for coach of the year in the NFL. Um, that team is not unbelievably talented. Their defense is gifted, especially up front, especially KY Thibodeau. But yeah. Saquon Barkley is back to being the Saquon Barkley he was before two seasons ago when he got hurt. And he's been amazing this year. Um, I know he doesn't lead the league in Russia. I think he's like third, but he's he has been amazing this year in his play. He's really carried that team when they've had some issues. And Daniel Jones had the best game of his career against the Vikings. Yeah. And I want to ask you about that. Did you? How much of that game did you watch? Uh, a bit of it. Yeah, it, it was one of those where I wasn't terribly vested in it, but I, I, I had all the games on. Uh, yeah. I think that was one where I might have – might have not been paying as close of attention, but it was a good nap time game. No, it, was too. It, was that, it was the second game. It was, it was. I'm pretty sure that was the one I was actually, I, I think I missed the third quarter because of the nap. Yeah. What I will say, and what I'm wondering is are the giants set at quarterback now? Is Daniel Jones their guy? No, no, no. He, Daniel Jones just had it, it. That's the game of his career. He's not. He's not played better than he did this weekend. But one I, game does not make a, a career. I, I tend to agree with you. He did not have. He had a great game for sure. But if you look in their bigger games, he played extremely well, and the presence of him in the run game. And I've seen this for like the last month now. It really seems to be paying some dividends. I, I'm going to pull up his stats for the season. Um, let's see. His completion percentage is 67.2%. He had 15 touchdowns, five interceptions. It's a respectable three-to-one ratio. Um, yeah. 3,200 passing yards. And he had a 92 rating. I mean, I look at that and go, man, that's not, that's not terrible. I mean, he... He should be better than that. That's actually pretty good. You know, yeah. I've always had that kind of line. We've we've changed who the line is a couple of times now. Uh, Tyler Jones and I've had this line where we say you got to be this guy or better at quarterback to win the Super Bowl. It used to be Kirk, uh, not Kirk Cousins. It was uh, Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill are better. We've dropped Ryan Tannehill. We've made Dak Prescott that line now. I'm not so sure that Daniel Jones shouldn't be the line, and he's actually better than a few of these other quarterbacks that are out there. This draft is going to have some quarterbacks, but I don't think the Giants need to prioritize that. 
I would agree. I would agree in that if we're, if we're taking the line, Daniel Jones is not better than Dak. No, I would agree but, with that. I, I agree. I, I, look, I think Dak Prescott's better than a lot of people think. And he had a great game. And he's all, he, had a, uh, he had a career game. I don't think I've seen him play that well all year. Mm. But having said that, the Giants need to focus on other pieces right now. Quarterback is, I, I wouldn't call him franchise, but I'd yeah. call it stable. This is a, a, yeah. a team that can win, and the Giants desperately need to focus on other positions. They yeah. definitely need to surround him with more. They need to get more on defense because the offseason, you know, everything's going to shuffle, and how that lands um, is going to be important for next year. Yeah. Uh, it, you, I don't think he's a franchise. I'd say he went from a kind of a kind of an afterthought joke to a, a solid center, you know, middle of the road quarterback. He's good, not great. Yeah. That's where I, mean, I put him right and now. And that's a lot of that is dayball. A lot of that is yeah. a good coach getting the best out of a player. Well, this this is his fourth season in the league. He was a 2019 uh, draft pick, and I was wondering, I was thinking about that, and I was like, hmm. Is he if if Brian Dayball likes him in that offense, I think the Giants should not look at quarterback position at all in this draft and just focus on getting some offense built around him. They haven't had a lot of good luck with some of their their weapons. Um, and they yeah. went and got, you know, um Kenny Galladay, who I was a huge fan of in college in his first couple of years as a pro, and he has not been very good yeah. with the Giants. Um and there's a couple others that they just had. They've had injury bad luck with some people, and I'm just thinking, man, they could be better. They could be even better next year. And their defense is good. I mean, really good. And they run the ball. You know, that's kind of you and I's formula. If you run the football and can play defense, you can be a good team in the NFL. They've shown it. They've been good all season, and they've beaten good teams. And now they just beat the Vikings, and. They get rewarded with a, a, a <laughs> they get rewarded with a date with San Francisco. Uh, I'm sorry, no, they're going no. to the Eagles. Going to the Eagles. They, they got the Eagles. They got the Eagles. And in um, fairness, neither uh, of those matchups are favorable matchups. No. <laughs> and I'm not sure they're going to be staying close with the Eagles, but I, I just I think you got to give a nod to Brian Dayball what they've done, and the fact they won that game this week was was big. It wasn't like Kirk Cousins didn't go out there and just absolutely shit the bed. He wasn't great, but he wasn't terrible. He didn't go out there and throw four interceptions, is what I mean. But he... Yeah, no, he, no, well, he, but the Giants just <laughs> took it. What's that? I, yeah, no, no I, I'm sorry. You just said that. <laughs> I didn't expect it. But it, you're right. It, and the, the thing is, is that the game... He did, no, Kirk didn't play bad. But to me, the Giants were always in command of that game. Yeah. It was always the Vikings chasing them to yeah. to try and catch up, try and get a lead, try to make something happen, where the Giants seemed to be right in their rhythm the entire time, getting exactly what they wanted when they needed it. Totally agree. And, and I thought the Giants' defense really took a tone. Uh, the other big surprise of the weekend, at least the surprise to us, was – Jacksonville holding serve at home against the Chargers. But not only that, the huge comeback in this game. Uh, this game 
was a laughing stock at halftime at 27 to seven. Uh, in the first half, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence had four interceptions. Um, until the last possession of the half, the Jaguars didn't score. And instead, they get to the second half, they can't be stopped. An amazing comeback. And the, Gi- the Chargers totally shit the bed in the second half of this game, only scoring three points. And the Jaguars come back by scoring a touchdown before the end of the half. And then twice in the third quarter, uh, a touchdown, field goal, and then a two-point conversion with that last touchdown to go ahead, win the game 31-30, coming back from 20 down at the half. Um, unbelievable. You get, you get Trevor Lawrence to go out there and throw four interceptions in the first half, and you get a 20-point halftime lead, and you can't win the game. Feels like the Colts. It, it, it was like the Colts, of, yeah, like the Colts against the Vikings a few weeks ago. And, yeah. you know, there was some talk about Brandon Staley getting fired for this. Uh, they're not firing Brandon Staley. They have fired his offensive coordinator and his quarterback's coach. But there was some talk about Brandon Staley being fired and Sean Payton coming in. This is like, oh, God. Sean Payton with Justin Herbert would be dangerous. And I think that was the job he really would have wanted. I think he would have taken even less money to go there, but uh, he's not getting that job now. It looks like Staley's going to throw his OC and his quarterback's coach under the bus. Um, but this is a team that was really in the preseason expected to be a, a, a team that was going to be up there with the Chiefs. And they had a lull in the middle of the season where they had lots of injuries. And then they came out this week in this game, and they were they were on top of the shit for the first half. But you can just kind of see it in the second half. I've never seen a malaise over a team quite like I saw with the Chargers in the early second half. And then they were pressing, and Trevor Lawrence throws for four touchdowns. And it's like, okay, great, he had four touchdowns. He had four interceptions. How do you let this happen? It was a total – and I don't think you can play the defense for this either because if I'm playing defense, you've got to score three point, more than three points in the second half. You know, I think if we give us a 20-point lead, you got to at least keep the ball a few times. And I remember looking – I don't have the exact on this. I think i pull it real quick here. Second half of the game, um, two, three, four. The, the Chargers had four possessions. They punted on the first one. They got a field goal in the second. Then they missed a field goal, which was a makeable field goal, and then a three and out with two minutes to go. Even with two minutes to go, all they had to do was get a couple first downs, and they couldn't do it. Yeah, but I I have to say this, and – it, it is with a grain of salt, but I would have fired Staley. I, I, I would have. I thought that if I thought I was going to get Sean Payton, I would have to. See, and and that's the problem with that statement is that there's like five teams that have said that in the last week, you know, or are implying. You know, people are talking about, oh, if you know, we're going to get 
Sean Payton. We're going to get Sean Payton. We're gonna... Nobody yeah. knows if anyone's going to get Sean Payton because, one, you still have to interview. You still have to deal with the Saints before you get anything. Yeah. Um, and you, there's no guarantees there. So if you, I think you have to go in with the mentality of, I'm not going to even argue the Sean Payton side of this. I would fire him. I would fire him on on principle alone. This guy is supposed to be a defensive guru, and he hasn't shown it all year. He really hasn't. No, I and, and that's where I'm kind of I'm I'm tired of people saying that because I don't see it. Yeah, that's a good point you make about even without having taken a run at Sean Payton, you'd make that decision. Um, I you're right. I think in a lot of what you're saying about. Every team right now with a coaching vacancy is trying to hire Sean Payton. But I think the Chargers are the place you'd want to go. If you look at the team, the quarterback, the roster, it's like what's the only thing that's not there is good ownership. Um, and you can make a deal well, for the draft pick to get Sean Payton because you wouldn't be um, you're not in the Saints division. I'll talk about that in a few minutes. But the Saints are trying to hold up a couple teams in the division. When it comes to Sean Payton, um, you're likely to make that deal a little better when you're in the in the, a whole different conference. But uh, that was the surprising game to me, I, and I really was disappointed. I thought the Chargers they came out and played so well in the first half, and I did see it on that last possession that the the first one the Jags had where they get the first touchdown. Saw a little bit of that malaise then, and then the second half they just couldn't get a pass rush at all. I mean, it was bad. They couldn't get anything going. The offense was stagnant for the most part, and the defense was definitely porous, to say the least. I mean, Trevor Lawrence looked – I mean, it's a tale of two games, really. They, yeah. it, you know, Trevor Lawrence looked awful in the first half, and he's just like, oh, it's halftime here. You guys can now have the shitstorm. We're going to go ahead and play good now. Yeah. And, and they, they flip-flopped roles entirely. Yeah. Um, credit to the Jags. You know, I, I feel good for them. I, I like – what they're trying to do, I like what Doug Peterson is doing. I think they're in, a, in an upward trajectory. Um, but at the same time, the Chargers are talented. They should, you know, we've seen this on a m multiple teams this year where you have plenty of talent, you've got all the personnel right, and yet you can't win the big game. Yeah. We have given crap to Dallas for years on not being able to do that, and they finally got a playoff win. Yeah. Well, this I is something they should case... have closed. I think this is a, I think it's really great in the Jags case they won the game because they were not expected to be here this year. This is Doug Peterson's first year. You know, Trevor Lawrence has got every accolade you can have. And Trevor Lawrence should be a better player than he is right now. Um, you can talk about Urban Meyer and all that stuff last year, and I'll hear some of that argument. But at times, Trevor Lawrence plays like a a wish version of Joe Burrow. Um, I mean, he's just not, not that good. And then you look at, but now you've got Doug Peterson there. Who's been a who has taken some average quarterbacks to really high, you know, he won a Super Bowl. He won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles as a starting quarterback. You know, he, and you can see what he's <laughs> doing with Trevor Lawrence. He's going to have something with Trevor Lawrence there. Um, you can see where it's getting better. ETN is a great running back. I, I think ETN is a really good player. And then the addition of uh, Kirk and wide receiver, you know, everybody was like, wow, they overpaid for him in free agency. Well, they kind of had to, to get anybody to go there. 
but he's been great here in the last couple last couple months and was incredible on Saturday night. I mean, he was he was incredible in that game. The other couple of games I want to get on. Did you watch Monday night's game, Dallas and Tampa? Oh God, yes. Okay. No one was missing that. Now I know Tampa scored two touchdowns, but they pulled that Tom Brady shit again of we'll score late in the fourth quarter trying to make it a game. This was a slaughter. Was this not just an absolute fucking slaughter? Oh, it was. Absolutely. This is one of those where, uh, and I hate to say it this way, but I don't, Tom Brady doesn't need to be in Tampa anymore. He probably doesn't need to be in football anymore. And that's probably, and he's contemplating that right now. Um, But to me, this is, this is Dallas, more specifically, Dak Prescott getting over the hump, honestly, because we've given him crap for years about his play in the big game, not, not his ability to win. Dallas wins in the regular season, especially they do well. And they, they usually make that postseason. But once the postseason hits, they can't win the big game. Yeah. They just did against the GOAT. Now, it's a, de- it's a depleted GOAT, in my opinion, with a very questionable coach who probably, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not a fan of him as a head coach in Tampa. I'm not a fan of him as a head coach, period. Um, and I, I, I think, think Todd Bowles is a really good defensive player in that game. I'm not sure how he is the head coach. Yeah. We've seen that before where a coach – Gets the head coaching job, but really belongs at a C, at an OC or DC level. We've seen it before, and I think that's a situation here. Really doesn't belong as an HC. Um, but that, that you know, credit to Dallas. They they got the win. They did it commandingly, and I think uh, I, I if they're firing like I thought, and this is honestly what I expected to happen because they really shit the bed against the Commanders uh, in Week 18. And I thought they would bounce back from that pretty strongly. They wanted to make yeah. a definitive bounce back, and they did. Yeah. Um, the problem is they have a they have no easy path forward either. So well, really nobody I, does. I am excited for this matchup. I am concerned about this matchup as well uh, for them this weekend. But uh, I, I applaud what they were able to do on Monday night. Um, and so that gives them two playoff wins in 27 years. Let's see if they can make it three. Um, one, I thought that that was the best I've seen of Dak Prescott since he was in Mississippi State. And that's the Dak Prescott that I knew was there. I have talked to him up. I, I, and, I'm, and I hate the Dallas Cowboys. This is what bothers me. I fucking hate the Dallas Cowboys. But I like this collection of players. There is a team that I would not want to play in a one-game scenario. It is that team. And that's why I think they have a puncher's chance against the 49ers. They do. They do. They have, they they did two things on Monday night that we have talked about as deficiencies for them for years. One is Dak finishing the big game. He did that. He had a career game in my opinion and justified him being the franchise quarterback that he is. And I think you saw that in his play, a definitive like this, I am going to finish this game. The other side of that, as you can see, they have a definitive defensive player, Micah Parsons. He was all over the place on Monday night, making trouble for everything they were, that the Tampa Bay was trying to do. Those two things we have talked about as deficiencies for Dallas for years, these are two things that showed up on Monday and need to continue to show up if they're going to have any success. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm not rooting for Dallas, but 
that that game, the way they played, how they bounced back from the loss the week before, has me giving concern for yeah. this week. And I'm picking the 49ers in that game. Yeah. But that's not going to be an easy game. They're, Dallas is ready to move forward. Yeah. Um, Dallas is, is good. And the thing I'm most concerned about is in a close game, Mike Holm. It's not, I mean, Mike McCarthy. Uh, I'm worried about Mike McCarthy in a close game. But I do think that they have the best defensive player in the league. I mean, Micah, Micah Parsons has become the best defensive player in all of football now. And he's the most versatile. He can pass rush. He can cover. He can play in the middle of the field against the run. He is the most mm-hmm. versatile player. And I think he's the best defensive player in the league right now. With all apologies to Aaron Dott. Um, but I do think that I think they have a puncher's chance. I do. And I, I, I will not count them out against the 49ers. Um, speaking of the 49ers, they played the, Se- the Seahawks. They did the thing that's hard to do, beat a team three times. And they did it. They did it pretty yeah. handily. Uh, they came out with that run game. Christian McCaffrey was great. Um, even when Seattle early made a couple of big plays to keep that game close, they had the big pass to DK Metcalf. And, but it just San Francisco's defense and the way they run the football, it makes it harder and harder. You can't come back on them. And Brock Purdy continues to impress. I mean, he's, I mean, this is a kid that was the last pick in the draft and he's, he might be their starting quarterback now. I mean, it's going to be hard for them to, to, guess, go up to, to push him out for Trey Lance at this point. You mentioned it earlier, Nick Foles. Here's the, here's the other thing about Brock Purdy that is an advantage. He hasn't played 18 games. He's played six. Yeah. He's, yeah. He didn't have the full season wear and tear that other quarterbacks have had. Um, so he has an advantage there where he's got a lot left in the tank because he hasn't played, he hasn't started as much as most of the guys in the league at this point yeah. uh, and who's left. That, so that's an advantage there. But I like what he's doing. I think that that entire team is top to bottom prepped to go all the way. Does that mean it's going to happen? No, not necessarily. I, I am concerned because Dallas seems to be putting all the pieces together at the right time. If Mike McCarthy doesn't get in the way and, uh, you know, four interceptions, four missed field goals, I don't expect that to happen again either. That is a fluke because First that game has been great all year. Yeah, and, and they're going to stay Brett with Meyer. him. Brett Meyer, they're going to stay with him. And Maurer's going to still be the yeah. guy. He, they did sign someone to be a backup for him this week. Uh, I think the big thing was he made that field goal late in the game. Give him a little something, a little confident because they're missing four extra points. I did notice on yeah. two of the extra points, I thought two of them weren't his fault. I thought there was two bad holes. I didn't One of, look the goddamn ball was too mean. closely. I yeah. watched. I, all I, I take this. Uh, I didn't take that, but I did like what what uh, Dak said after the game, I thought what he said was really very, very much a leadership type of response. He's like, look, I've had bad games. This is a bad game. You've been great all year. You had a bad game. And this is another thing where it's like, it's a playoff game. And it's, and I think it was his first playoff game. So he's got some jitters. He's got something in there. You could see that even with Purdy early on in the first quarter, there was a little bit of, you know, it's the playoffs. Things are different now. So I'm willing to give him a pass on one bad game. Because he did have an ex- he did finally get an extra point, and he got a field goal in the second half. 
kind of shows it's like, look, I just had some yips. It happens. And and yeah. we don't want to read too much into that. I thought um, I don't little, expect that to happen again. Yeah. I think I thought two of the holes is, weren't good. One of them was particularly bad. Now the one that he shanked, I think it was the third kick, he hit with his instep. To the left, yeah. Yeah, he hit it with his instep. And then I think the last one, he was just overcompensating. I think he just way no, over. The thing is, that one was here. inches because it was on top of the pole and just bounced yeah. out. I mean, one inch yeah. to the left and that bounces well, in, it's good. Well, the thing is, the rule is in the NFL. So if it goes over the top, the whole ball must be inside oh. the goalpost in the NFL. Now, in college, if you go over it, it's just got to be any part of the ball going over it is good. But in the NFL, well, where the reason I say that is the way that it contacted the top, it bounced away. I think yeah. if it's one inch to the left, it actually bounces in. It could have. Yeah, it you may be right. Counted. Yeah. But if he kicks one high enough to where it's over it, it has to clear. The yeah. full ball has to clear to the inside. Yeah. So if they, if they see any that part works. of it, and it, now it's reviewable in the NFL. So mm. they see any of it. They're going to put cameras on the pole pretty soon. Yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll call it no good. Um, it's not reviewable as a challenge, though. You have to, it has to be the, the, the sideline, the, the booth has to call for it. Yeah, that makes um, sense. Which is one of the things we saw a lot of this week. We saw four or five that I could think of where the, it wasn't a challenge, but it was instead was the NFL saying, stop play, let's review that. And they got them all right, which was the nice thing. I mean, there was one on and Monday. And, and not only that, they did it efficiently. I didn't feel it's like quickly. any game had a real delay for the review. Like it was taking an yes. extraordinary amount of time. They were on top well of it. And I appreciate that. Yeah, well put. I thought they worked extremely good at that this weekend. Uh, the last two games from this past weekend, uh, Miami gave Buffalo every goddamn thing they wanted again. I knew that wasn't going to take Buffalo minus the points in this game. I knew we talked about last week. We both liked Buffalo, but I said, Miami gave Buffalo everything they wanted in the snow a couple of weeks ago, and the snow was only then it held them out. And your reply was, well, who was the quarterback? And it was, it was Tua. This wasn't Tua. Well, boy, Buffalo did not look good at times in this game. And Buffalo has me concerned for their – honestly, the Achilles heel for them, and it, and, it, and it showed up this weekend, it's the turnovers. It's, it's ball protection. He, he threw another this is, this is another probably the worst year I've seen for Josh Allen in turnovers. This is, this is bad ball protection. And these are the kind of things, these mistakes will cost you in the yeah. playoffs every mm -hmm. single time. And the Bengals aren't making those mistakes. They got them this weekend. If they, turn, if they do not protect the ball and secure the ball, We've talked about this time of possessions and the number of times you get a crack at an interception or, you know, our turnovers give you another possession to get offensive. This will cost them. Miami doesn't have to, I think with two of their better, the Bengals are not going to make this mistake. They're yeah. going to make, they're going to make the, the bills pay for well, any turnovers they have this weekend. Yeah. Uh, the Dolphins did not make them pay for the interceptions. You know, you had the two, one of them was in the red zone. Yep. Um, coming right after an interception, after a fumble recovery. I mean, it was, there should have been. A very ill-advised throw. He should have thrown that out the back and not even oh, yeah. bothered. 
So, I mean, it was uh, Josh Allen did not play his best game. But I do think we're going to see this week when the Bengals, when the Bills play the Bengals, I think you're going to see Buffalo slow it down. Like you were saying, you know, they're going to slow that offense down a little bit, run the ball a little more. I expect to see a lot of Josh Allen running the ball, frankly, and try to get more lead stuff. I think Buffalo might have looked at the tape of what the Ravens did and said, how do we run the ball against this Bengals front? Because the the Ravens in the Sunday night game against the Bengals gave the Bengals every goddamn thing they wanted on defense. I mean, they just kept coming and coming and Burrow couldn't get get anybody open. Uh, they couldn't. There was they were playing cover two, but then they were just pounding everybody at the line of scrimmage. And then offensively, it was run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. And what the Bengals did late in the season was they added DJ Reader in the middle of the field as their big run stopping. He had a terrible game this week. the The center uh, from Baltimore was all on him. I mean, just killing him throughout the game unbelievable so in essence the Ravens shortened the game and it came down to really that one play Huntley tries to do a you know over the top with the ball and I don't think I've seen that in a long time where the defender snapped the ball slapped the ball out before he got it in the end zone that ball being like the one and a half where it was was the problem had that been at the one or inside it's it's easy money and I get people who are like, they're like saying, well, the low man wins on the line. So you got to get low. Kind of like how Burrow did on his uh, touchdown. Yeah. He did go low. But he found the gap on the side. He, he didn't, didn't go up to the, the middle. Gap. He went out the side but he and found saw that double, gap. He saw the double A gaps, the, all the, both the A gaps. Exactly. Four, and the linebacker was on top. And he goes, there's no fucking way I can run in here. So he did the smart thing. He took a half a step back and he went into the B gap with his right foot. And yeah, I mean, that's – and he powered through that way. I mean, that was just great. But I've seen quarterbacks do this, what Huntley did many times. I'm a Saints fan. Drew Brees did do the shit all the time. And even though Drew Brees is yeah. five foot Trevor 10, Lawrence did it this weekend. Yeah. You would take the snap, you'd get it over and get it back so you didn't lose it. Yep. And that's what Huntley was trying to do, but they were too far off. They were almost the full two yards. It was a like one and a half to two yards, and he just wasn't close enough. To get those hands up, the linebacker yeah, makes maybe the if, great play. Hubbard picks the ball and runs it for a touchdown. Yeah, maybe I if mean, he had LeBron wingspan, he might have got that. But that's what it would have taken because he certainly didn't have the length. Yeah. I mean, you'd almost want – if I were the Ravens in that situation, and I'm surprised we don't see more of this, frankly, take a guy like J.K. Dobbins and say, line up one extra yard deep and come with everything you got, and we're going to hand you the ball and go over the fucking top. You know, kind of like a Walter Payton. We've seen these kind of play-call mistakes before. We saw it in the Super Bowl with Marshawn Lynch and Russ. We know the coaches make these mistakes, yes. And this is one, I agree, he, you know, he doesn't have the length. He doesn't have a five-foot wingspan, so you got a yard and a half. That's the wingspan you need if you're going to reach over. Yeah. So why not use your running back who who was effective all game? Yeah. And well, give yourself a chance. Now, Most importantly, not to lose the ball. And especially now where the NFL and college, they allow you to push from behind. Yeah. 
I mean, I just line up your quarterback in that case, especially if he's the backup quarterback like Tyler Utley, just fucking have everybody run behind him and push the fucking pile like a rugby game. I mean, it, that's what you got to do. That's what you got to do. Um, you know, I mean, since the Bush push became legal, you know, in college, and now it's legal in the NFL, it's like, why wouldn't you just do that every time? I mean, that's, I'd take two of my biggest defensive linemen and line them up fucking fullback and just, all right, we're going to push this pile. We're going to play rugby for, for yeah. a play. I, did, I would do that on any third and one at the goal line. I'd be like, I right, we're playing rugby for a play. My team's going to beat yours in rugby for one play. That's what I'm going to do. I, I completely agree. Completely agree that there's, this is one of those, it's, it's a mental mistake that should never have happened. Yeah. Um, and, and I, here's the worst part of it is that that going over the top, like he did, which I know the coaches said it wasn't supposed to puts the ball at risk, which is exactly what happened. If you give it to your running back and he goes low and doesn't get it, field goal, you win the game. It's yeah. over right then. So I, I think that there, we've talked about how coaches have poor man, time management skills. This is closing. You've yeah. got to finish. You've got to make the right decision to finish. Yeah. And a QB sneak from that far out is a big mistake. And, 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 I, and I don't think enough people are talking about the call as a mistake in the first place. Yeah. Well, and I think it also, you look at that at the end of that game as well. Um, the Ravens, I mean, they were just too far behind early. I mean, you they got back in it, but at the same time, it's like you can't you can't expect to keep stopping the Bengals offense. And when they did stop the Bengals offense in the second half, at the end, you still have to be able to do it. That fumble they had later, the the um um the pass that Watkins ended up dropping. You know, oh, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. a killer because it was a huge play. I mean, that, that puts them back in it as well. Uh, it, it's, you just can't make a lot. Of, it shows that you can't make a lot of mistakes with the ball. And especially in the, in the, in the, the, where the, in the playoffs where the, everything is just so minimized. I mean, you have to be able to take advantage of every single opportunity. And that really didn't happen well for, uh, for the Ravens. Uh, this week's games, let's get on here about those. We've got, we're down to our final four in each in the AFC and the NFC. Uh, Saturday's matchups. We got the early game. It's uh, 3.30 local time here in Kansas City. So it'll be 2.30 your time out in Denver. Uh, Kansas City hosting Jacksonville. The night game, the Giants at the Eagles. And then Sunday, the early game, which is a two o'clock start. Uh, the little odds start the little later start so that they can get the later game into a, into the night window a little bit. Bengals at Buffalo, then Dallas at San Francisco. We got four competitive games here. I think. Is there any game that you think is not competitive here? Of, I have to give. A, I mean, and and with that. All the games this last week, I think, is the best weekend of football we have just had all year. Because yeah. all the games were good. I think this weekend will be the same, but I would give a little bit of, you know, kind of, I, you know, I'm not calling for any upsets as far as Jacksonville or the Giants. I expect the Eagles and the Chiefs to win. I do too. 
but so those those two are kind of my I would be very surprised if either the uh, if either the Eagles or the Chiefs lost this weekend. I'm most looking forward to Cowboys and 49ers and the Bengals Bills. Those are the two what I call critical matchups this weekend. Yeah. Well, I was looking at each of these games. Now we give you we'll give you the spreads real quick. Right now, the Kansas City is the biggest favorite of the weekend at eight and a half points. Uh, they've covered one spread in nine weeks, just so everybody knows. Um, now, I have said for two months, I think Kansas City is a team that can be beaten. I don't believe in Arrowhead magic, and they have not played well, or at least to their expectations for two months. And I will Great. set the Raiders game aside and say, yeah, they blew the Raiders out. I was their one cover of the spread. But at the same time, I look at that and I go, well, that was also a Raiders team with so much going on. And the Chiefs used that. They used that very well. Andy Reid's also undefeated coming off a bye. This has been in Kansas City. So that's always a good thing. I also just don't see Jacksonville giving Chiefs the problems that the other two teams left in this playoff could give them. You know, we said before the playoffs started, Kansas City, Cincinnati, Buffalo. The champ was coming from the AFC was coming from one of those three teams. And the advantage yep. that the Chiefs had was that they'd only have to play one, while Buffalo and Cincinnati would have to beat two. So I do think Kansas City wins. I do think it's close. I think it's within a touchdown. Um, now, could I see Kansas City blow them out? Absolutely. If Jacksonville plays what they did in the first half against the Chargers and Trevor Lawrence is making those kind of mistakes, it's, a, it's an absolute blowout. It's a blitzkrieg. Uh, the, the Chiefs will win by 20. Yeah. If this game stays close, Jacksonville's defense is athletic. They can run the football. They can get a big play. They can get this game close. I don't think it's likely they can win, but I think that there's a scenario, small one, where they can't, it could. I don't expect it. I mean, I would say if you play that game, that game 10 times, Jacksonville wins once, maybe twice. But you never know. Um, yeah. You know, we're not expecting bad weather during this game. So I think it's going to be good for Jacksonville as well. I think it'll be good for the Chiefs offense. The Chiefs have better be ready because if they do win this game, they're playing someone battle-tested next week who ain't backing down. So the Chiefs Agreed. need to not come out with their ring around the posy bullshit and, um, you know, ring around the posy or whatever they want to fucking call that stuff and the other little, you know, funny gimmick stuff they do. That all needs to be put aside. They need to play serious football for 60 minutes. And if they don't do that the next yeah, two weeks, they will lose. I don't know absolutely. if it's this week or Jacksonville, but they could. The Giants. And I'm the not Eagles. too worried about. Go ahead. I'm not too worried about Jacksonville. Um, the uh, I, I think that the problem with Jacksonville in this game is that they lack consistency. They haven't put a full yeah. game together all year, and against the Chiefs, they're going to need to now. If Jacksonville wants a chance at this, they got to keep the score low. I think if you can't keep yeah. the Chiefs low scoring and just frustrate them, you're not going to be in, you're not in this game because Jacksonville doesn't have 
as, as well as they've been playing, they don't have the high-powered offense that Patrick Mahomes brings to the table. So you've got to find a way to keep them in check and give yourself a chance to stay low and be in this game. Yeah. I don't see that happening. Um, I think it's one of those where one bad quarter and the Chiefs are too far ahead of you to get, to get yeah. caught. That's what I'm yeah, expecting. I'm not sure I'm that anyone will get by a shootout. Is what I'm planning. Yeah, I don't think anyone really getting a shootout with the Chiefs in it. I think Buffalo sure. could if Allen doesn't turn the ball over. I think Burrow could, and the Bengals could in a shootout if they could somehow turn Mahomes over. That's the thing. You got to win the turnover battle. And as much shit as I give Mahomes about certain things, he does not turn the ball over. He so. doesn't. He, he can. He can. He can be forced to, but that's. Yeah, I agree. He doesn't do that a lot. So, Giants and Eagles. That's the other Saturday. That's a late Saturday game. Yes. I, I kind of feel the same way about this. I like what the Giants are doing. I like the trajectory they're taking, but yeah. I don't think they have enough of the skill, you know, the talent positions are are not up to par with what the Eagles are doing. Eagles are playing, you know, as good a defense as any other team out there, they're, they have a top, top defense. They're probably, you know, for me, the Chargers and the Eagles are easily one and two interchangeably as the best defenses in the league this year. Um, I, I have, the, I kind of have the same feeling. It's, you know, Giants could play very well and still just not measure up to the Eagles this week. Yeah. This is going to be a game. I want to see how much the Giants run the football. I want to see how much that Daniel Jones part of the running attack they use as well. This, if that happens, and you muddy the game of the run game on both sides because the Eagles want to run the ball too. You're going to have a competitive yeah. game. The problem with the Giants here is that the Eagles are capable of hitting you with a big play when you can't necessarily get them. I mean, it's they can both muddy the game up. They can both you know pound at you, pound at you, pound at you with the run game. But the Eagles, they got two guys who at any time can break off a 40 yard run or 40 yard catch, and at any point can score on any point of the field. So to me, that gives me the upper hand. I think if, those, if I'm the Eagles, um, Eagles are a seven and a half point favorite. Um, that sounds about right to me. I, if I was going to bet this game, I'd want to be under seven just because I don't like giving up a full touchdown in the NFL. Uh, mm-hmm. And the Giants have managed to muddy up games. So I just, I don't know how exactly I feel, but I think this could be a really good competitive game, but I think that the Giants are going to have to be really cognizant of the big play. And that's the the chance they have to have is that they don't allow any big plays and they're going to have to get that defense, that pass rush. It's going to have to get home on Hertz and they're going to have to make losses. They're going to have to sack him three or four times. They're going to have to force a couple of turnovers. Um, Kayvon Thibodeau is going to have to have a really great game for the Giants to win this game. And I think, and I think he is outstanding, by the way. I, you haven't seen him play yet. He's he is a better pass rusher than Micah Parsons. And uh-huh. but he's not the back half is good. But he's not meant to be. He's just he was the best player in this draft, this last draft. He's phenomenal. He's good. He's not Lawrence Taylor. But he's going to be really, really, really good. On Sunday's <laughs> games, we got the Bengals and the Bills. This is the game that I've been wanting to see for a while now. To me, I like both these two teams. You know, I go out going against my guy Burrow. 
Bengals are a five-point underdog here. This is at Buffalo. And Buffalo's turned the ball over a lot in the last couple of weeks. They've really gotten away with that. They can't do that again this week, can they? It's been my concern for the Bills. It's why I picked the Bengals to win this game, is that turnover problem that they've had. Now, I will say this. And this affects the Giants and the Eagles game as well, but not nearly as much. I think this is squarely the bullseye on the Bengals' bills. Um, I was looking at something earlier today. I want to keep your eye on the weather. Yes. Because the snow, like we just got pounded. I I think between starting last night and all through the day, I got about eight inches here in Denver. That storm is moving east, and it's going to hit the New England area kind of in in a big way. So, I, and I think it's slated for Sunday to really come into play there. And, you know, we're talking New York, we're talking Buffalo, because that's where the game is. Um, that's about the time we're expecting that storm to really come into play. We talked, you know, we had this happen earlier this year where they had to move the game. This isn't, this might be that bad, but they may not have time to move this game or even reconsider it. So this could be a big mess in Buffalo between the two that could make passing really hard, which kind of gives a little bit of an advantage to the bills because Josh Allen can run and he can run very well and they can, and they don't have to rely on the arm so much. This could end up being a low scoring game. It could be very much a ground attack, ground and pound back and forth between both teams. I'm yeah. still picking the Bengals, but I think it'll be close. I think it's going to be messy. Um, as far as the weather goes, yeah. Uh, it's a question of that turnover, and and, yeah. and those turnovers have been costly. And this is a, a Bengals team you cannot afford to turn the ball over. They got to protect the ball if they want to chase. So I just looked at the weather forecast for Buffalo for Sunday. We're looking at rain at game time. Looking at a rain, some kind of a wintry mix. Um, if we have yeah. that, it's going to make it so hard. You're going to have to run the ball. We know that the bang, the Bills can run the ball. We know the Bengals can run the ball. They can both. They both effectively can run. Um, I think the big thing I, I I think could be a difference in this game is the lack of a pass rush from the Bills. Not having Von Miller has really hurt their pass rush this this last half of the season, yeah. and that's really hurt their defense at times. I think that you're going to see two really solid teams. And I think it's going to come down to which quarterback turns the ball over because it can happen. I mean, Burrow's done it too. He had a four turnover game this year as well. Allen's going to have to be perfect in the red zone. And who can make a big play late in the game? You know, will it be, you know, uh, Stephon Diggs on the Buffalo side or Jamar Chase with with the Bengals? One of those two is going to have to make a big play. Um, to me, that's interesting. I think that when it comes down to it for me, I, and I'm a homer on this, I'm picking the Bengals. Um, if I was going to bet it, I'd bet with the points, uh, obviously. But I like the Bengals to win in a medium scoring game in the 20s, a high 20s for both teams. And I think in the end, it's going to be a, a Josh Allen turnover and a big play with the with the pass rush of the Bengals. I think that Trey Hendrickson gets after it for a play and it causes a fumble or causes a bad throw, something like that. And then 
you know, on the flip side, a, I think a big game from Jamar Chase is going to be needed for the Bengals. Even in the rain, they're going to have to find a way to get him the ball. Against the Ravens, they were trying. They couldn't get the deep passes because what the Ravens were doing. So I expect we'll see more of the Bengals moving Chase around in the formations and getting him open in some uh-huh. different stuff to try to get the big game out of him. And if you double, if you double Chase, Higgins and Boyd are going to be ready. That's been their strategy the whole season. Okay, you want to take Chase the game, that's fine. Higgins and Boyd are still going to be on one-to-one matchups, and you're going to have problems. Whoever wins the pass rush battle, I think, wins that game. I'm going to take the to the Bengals now. I would take. The, I'm going to take the Bengals as well. I think this is a you know very close game. It could be yeah. a maybe a field goal, maybe a one point game, something yeah. 24-21, 21-17 kind of situation. Yeah. It's going to. I think it's going to be low scoring. Whether it's rain or snow, I think the inclement weather affects this game. Yeah. Um, I think it affects the passing game for both teams. Uh, yeah. So it, I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be a, one of those bruiser games. Everyone's looking forward to it. Everyone's hyped for this. Remember, we didn't get the matchup two weeks ago because of the no. Hamlin. And we're glad he's home. We're glad he's yeah. home and safe and healthy. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. But this is the, we're all looking at this game as we didn't get this two weeks ago, so we don't even know what we're going to see. Well, and you know what's funny is that we only saw about a quarter of the game. And we saw the yeah, Bengals straight yeah. took the ball on the, on the, won the if you recall, the Bengals won the uh, toss and took the ball on that Monday night game and went right downfield yeah. and scored. The Bills came back, got a field goal after stopping the red zone. And the Bengals were driving when the DeMar Hamlin thing happens. And it's like, wait a minute. Now they don't have tape of what they were going to do and adjust off the first game. So it's going to be interesting, some of that as well. Um, in the coaching style, I got to give the advantage to Buffalo in that case. I like their staff. I like what they're doing. It's going to be interesting. I, I think in the end, Burrow outplays Allen. And I think it's because of the lack of the pass rush from Buffalo. It, it, that's been a problem for the last month. And if they don't get after the quarterback, they're really going to have some problems. Because if Burrow's got a clean pocket, he gets at the ball out of his fans as fast as anybody. I mean, he's Brady fast when it comes to getting the ball out of his hands. And that's going to be tough. So that's why yeah, I'm out of I agree. I, yeah. I, I agree with you on the outcome. I think um, personally, I see this as more of a who can win the ground game. Yeah. Only because I think it's going to be a difficult place. Who can, not, who can win the ground game and the turnover game? Yeah. I think turnover's that's, gonna be those huge. are the critical points. Yeah. Turnovers are going to be yeah. absolutely – It'll be fun. tough for both teams. Yeah. But I if you lose a turnover battle in this game, it's going to be harder than, harder than normal to, to overcome. Last game, Dallas-San Francisco. Now, San Francisco's the favorite in this game. Dallas has came off playing I mean, what you might say is their best game of the, of the season. Uh, 49ers, Brock Purdy still at quarterback, three-and-a-half-point favorite at home. I, my gut, which is sizable, um, wants me to pick the Cowboys. I just can't do it. I can't do it because that run game for the 49ers is so good and they play and they play call so good often. 
They don't let young quarterbacks make mistakes. And if your young quarterback's not making mistakes because you're not going to let him by your play calling, then that closes the window for the Cowboys. I don't know how the Cowboys are going to stop this run attack. If they can figure out a way, then God bless them. They've got a, they've got a puncher's chance in this game. I mean, they, they could come out and hit the 49ers hard and fast early and make the 49ers play from behind. That's ideal for Dallas. Like if I was Dallas and I won the toss, I would take the ball. And I would try to get the I early agree. score. I would try to play this as an early score. Get it, get it, and keep moving. I don't know that it's possible. And the 49ers are going to be a tough out in the NFC. I think Dallas can do it, but I'm not picking them to do it. This will be a great game, though. I think this is a close game. The only way Dallas wins this game is if they either score really quickly early or the defense finds a way to stop that run. Because I'm not sure the 49ers can beat you in the pass game. Now, this is, this is a matchup where you can really see how talent-wise these teams are, are very well matched. Yeah. They've got good receivers. You, they both have strong defenses. Now, and we, we've lauded Micah Parsons ever since he got drafted. We're, yeah. we're both high on him. But the overall defense for me, I think, is, the, is goes to the 49ers. I like what Bosa does. I like how that team coordinates. Um, I agree the running game on, on San Francisco is, is top-notch, but I think it's one of the best best running games in the game right now. And and honestly, Dallas is, is no slouch there with Pollard and Zeke. You know, mm-hmm. they've got running game too. But where mm-hmm. I see this is a difference maker in this game is coaching. I do too. And there's no question how you and I feel about coaching in this game. Yeah. I think Shanahan has done everything right and i have question marks on mike mccarthy honestly i i know that he's he won a game we've talked about if he loses if he lost to tampa he'd be out on his ass i i still am not high on mike mccarthy i don't think highly of him at all in dallas at all so to me this is a coaching battle as to can you get the best out of your players can you make the right calls at the right time against a team who is not going to give you anything i think shanahan wins that battle and I give this to the 49ers, and, I, and, I, and, it's, and it, to me, it's the same thing. I agree. I think Dallas has to come out strong, hard, right away, right out the first, first possession they need to come out strong. Where the yeah. 49ers have a game plan, and all they're going to do, no matter – they don't care what Dallas does. They just have to ride that game plan because they play four quarters. Yeah. It's not a half. It's not a quarter where they get lucky. They play all four quarters strong. And if Dallas cannot win the coaching battle – call the right plays at the right time, they're not going to win this game. Yeah. This team, this yeah. Dallas team, if they play like they played this, like played on Monday, it has me concerned, but it does not change my position on this. I've been high on the 49ers all year. I yeah. absolutely believe the 49ers will go through Dallas without issue, but Dallas can give them problems. If I think it's a coaching Dak, battle, and I think, I think the 49ers win it. If Dak Prescott plays like he did on Monday night on Sunday, they win the game. I 
I think Dallas can, I think Dak can play that good and still lose yeah. against this team. This is yeah. that's this is one of those rare well, where I, I think that I think that could be that good and still fall short. I think the, the thing is that he kept getting the ball back. <laughs> and on Monday, he <laughs> kept getting the ball back because the, the Bucks kept punting. And the 49ers aren't going to do that. The 49ers have an offense no. that can sustain an offense. So he won't get his Dak won't get as many possessions. So he has to make the most of every one of them. It's going to be an outstanding game. It, it if Dallas has to play, Dallas doesn't have to play their best game to win this game. San Francisco just has to go and run the ball and play their normal defense, and they'll win. Dallas has to outplay, has to take it to them, and that's what I, all week. If I was the Cowboys, if I was, I would be like, we have to take it to them. No one believes in us. We have to take it to them. They have to do what the Dolphins did last week. They have to come out and say, fuck you, we're coming. And you're not going to stop us. Now, Buffalo stopped them. But they're not as talented. You just got to keep going. It's like Casino, uh, uh, Tommy from from Casino, you know. You beat Tommy with a a knife. With a bat, he comes back with a knife. You beat him with a knife, he comes back with a gun. And if you beat him with a gun, gun. you better put him down because he's going to keep coming and keep coming. And that's what the Dallas Cowboys mentality should be this week. It should be to keep coming and keep coming and say, we are going to bring everything at you. I mean, we're going to throw everything at you. Dan Quinn's going to have to do everything on the defensive side to stop that run game. And then offensively, we are emptying out the playbook. We're coming with everything we got to make you defend the whole field all the time. I would get the, I'd get landing early. I'd be running the ball a lot early. I'd be running trick plays. I mean, I'd run everything I can run at you. And not just, I mean, like the gimmick plays, not necessarily. What I mean, though, is make them defend the entire field. From the line of scrimmage all the way to the end zone. So that any time you can pop something on you. This is a matchup. Yeah. This This is is a matchup. That's that's the way I would play if I was down I play like my hair is on fire and just come after him. If I won the They'd toss, to. I'd because take the ball. It's yeah, I important. agree. It, it, you cannot sleep, but you cannot take even a possession off on the 49ers. They'll make you pay. Yeah. I agree completely. Dallas has to, they, we've seen, we just saw Dak play his best game. I think Dallas as a team needs to play their best game to get past the 49ers. If they don't, even by a little bit, it won't be enough. Yeah. It's going to be fun. I think just I think these four games are going to be fun football this weekend. I, I'm looking forward to the whole weekend of football. Um, you know, we're going to be down to down to two on each side next week. This is going to be a lot of fun. So we're thinking that we got. And, so you know what? Uh-huh. Honestly, there even no matter who wins these four, I think that the the championship week looks good no matter what yeah they really I, are some combo. great games this weekend and no matter what happens this weekend i think the, the following weekend has great games as well yeah yeah i think that i, I gotta figure out what i'm gonna do when the Bengals play at chiefs next week do i do i do i chance it and go to a game in a burrow jersey and, and risk getting stabbed at arrow <laughs> 
<laughs> you probably, in fairness, you probably won't be the only one in a borough jersey, but you no, will be outnumbered by a lot. I, I made the I made the decision already that I won't go to the game. I I don't I don't think going to NFL games is as good as watching them on television. I agree, except I here's here's my argument for you going to the game when. Have you seen Burrow live? I'm sure you went to an LSU game. I've been, to, I've been to three or four games. Yeah, I saw okay. him. So you have I saw the bowl, pro, I saw the bowl game. I saw the game in Arkansas this is first year. I went to the bowl game. I went to both the bowl games the next year. There was four at LSU, and then in the pros, I've seen him. I see him. I saw him at KC a couple of years ago. The first time you beat him. Okay. This is one of those games where even I would consider going because, you, you know, I'm not a Chiefs fan. I don't hate the Chiefs. I'm just not a – well, I hate yeah. – I kind of like Stephen A. in this. I don't hate the team, but the fans have driven me nuts for 30 years. They are some of the most it's fun. Like people talk about Dallas Cowboys fans, but if you live in Kansas, you live in Kansas City, it's the same thing for Chiefs fans. They're everywhere. They're fanatical. They never stop. I feel almost the same way. It's not really about like I want to see Mahomes go down or I think Andy Reid is shit. Maybe he's no. no, it's the it's what comes with all of that that really drives me crazy. Yeah. I will say that you know when I, I when would I, see, I, I would love this and the first decade or two that I live here, I openly rooted against the Chiefs. I didn't like the Marty Schottenheimer years. I didn't like those teams. I did not either. All. I didn't like that whole Carl Peterson and uh, Marty Schottenheimer thing. I thought they were a scam. I thought they were bad football. And I thought the Chiefs fans did not know what the fuck they were talking about because it was bad football. I completely agree. Because they couldn't play a hundred percent on the for the same reasons. Marty Schottenheimer and Carl Peterson. Carl Peterson to me, oh, we we could go off on that for hours. We yeah. both feel the same way about that. Yeah. But the thing I I don't dislike these teams now because I like a lot of what Andy Reid does. I like a lot of how he manages a game. I like Patrick Mahomes quite a bit. I think he's a special talent. Uh, they've never had anybody like him, you know, ever in the time I've lived here. Um, you know, I was a fan of Derek Thomas when Derek Thomas was here. You know, he was the best player for those years, mm-hmm. but I still didn't yeah, like those yeah. teams. Um, my favorite chief is Travis Kelsey. I, I just, I think he's an all-time You were saying, Patrick? Yeah. I completely agree. I think I like I really like Travis Kelsey, and I don't care what jersey he wears or what team he plays for. I like Travis Kelsey. I would root for Travis Kelsey in any jersey but a Falcons jersey. Um, that's because I'm a Saints <laughs> fan. We hate the Falcons, but I do think that I dislike the Chiefs less now than ever before because I like the nature of how they're built now. You, we're, I, we're on the same mindset. And I, I'll tell you what I, I don't agree. like. I don't like the schoolyard bullshit. That drives me crazy. And that's going to harm them in the long run more than it helps them. And if they pull that shit this week, it might get by. If they pull that shit against you, the Bengals or the Bills, 
they're in a lot of fucking trouble. And and I'll also look at it that you've got these three really good teams in the AFC with three generational quarterbacks, and you go, oh, wow, any of these teams can win at any time. And I also, quite frankly, love that Joe Burrow has never lost to the Kansas City Chiefs. I, I, I have nothing for it because you're absolutely right. And I've enjoyed every single time they win. And I, and I'm the same way. I, I don't hate these chiefs. I, I feel like I left, I left Kansas. I left Kansas city. I left chiefs. And that's when they finally started to become a team. I could have, I, I could have been a fan. I could have pisses me off even more. When I moved to Kansas, I could have rooted for this team, but I couldn't root for Marty Schottenheimer's teams because I hated the quarterback play. I hated the way they played the football game. I just didn't like it at all. I can root for yeah. this team. I, I can root for these players there. I don't like a lot of the backyard stuff, but I like a lot of the fact that they're able to, to think outside the box, but also take advantage when they have opportunities with superior players. And I just, I think Travis Kelsey is, I think there's a chance he could go down as the greatest tight end of all time. Time will tell. He definitely has a potential for it. Yeah. I agree. He's, he's in the top five, I think, already. Um, and, and I think how you rank those are different. Like, you got him and Gronk and Shannon Sharp and uh, Gonzalez. And then who is the one I'm not thinking of right now? Um, I don't think Kittle's in that group yet. Um, I Kellen think he'll Winslow get there. Senior's I think in a couple one. years, you'll see that. Kellen Winslow Sr. is my, my fifth one in that group. But – I've always thought that Gonzalez was the worst of those five, even though he was the first one with the biggest numbers. I always thought Sharp was better than Gonzalez. Um, I think Gronk is better than all of them. But I think there is a really outstanding chance that Kelsey could be the best of all of them. Hey, look, remember about six, eight weeks ago, I thought Travis Kelsey could be the MVP of this league. Yeah, this is true. And I and, still and, think I still think he is the most important part of this offense. Because if he's he a linchpin, well, he's a linchpin. Yeah, I think he is the most important person on that offense. I don't think he's the best player. I think that's obviously Patrick Mahomes. But that's because he's the quarterback. Travis Kelsey's the most important player on the field. If you're the Chiefs. And if a team can figure out a way to stop him, they can beat the Chiefs. We shall see. We'll see. I just, I, I'm just not going to sit here and be like, this week, this week, the mistake I'm going to make is I'm not going to make the mistake of, I know that the Bengals are going to beat the Bills, like I did last week with the Chargers beating Jacksonville. Because I love <laughs> the Chargers matchup against the Chiefs. But... It's not to be. They blew it. They blew it. Yeah. Uh, so you can't pick. See, I'm not. And that's where it's like, you can't pick next week's game. You can't pick this week's game based on what you want to happen next week. week. That's, that's why I picked the Jags. Because yeah. Yeah, I agree, the Chargers would probably be a better matchup. But the Jaguars were obviously the right matchup for the Chargers. This is yeah. where I'm not picking the Bengals to beat the Bills because I think they're the better matchup for the Chiefs. 
I think that I, I picked the Bengals because that matchup has its flaws on the Bills' side that if the Bengals exploit, capitalize on turnovers, they cause and capitalize, they win that game. But if it ask, works out to beat the Chiefs as well, great. But honestly, the Bills wouldn't beat the Chiefs too. So it's a win-win either way. Yeah. Well, since the Chargers didn't fire um, um, Staley, it looks like we've got all the coaching openings we're going to have. Doesn't look like anyone yeah. in the playoffs is losing a job unless someone was to leave, which doesn't appear that's what's going to happen with anybody. So now we know who's where and who's not going and who is going. What do you think on the Sean Payton sweepstakes? Honestly, I, I heard something earlier today. I hadn't realized. I hadn't done the math on it yet because I was kind of waiting till the end of the season to, to really take a look at this. But I heard – I am feeling that Houston looks a lot more attractive now than they did before. Yeah. And here's, here's why. is. One, they've got the room to negotiate with, with the Saints. It's a pretty sweet deal. They've got 11 picks in this year's draft, I heard. That's yeah. very attractive for a Saints team that needs to do a little bit rebuilding. Plus, Houston, plus it's also attractive for Sean Payton because he's going to come into a team with a lot of picks to really kind of set the mood for the next few years. He's got an owner that doesn't want to get – unlike Dallas, Houston has an owner that doesn't need to get involved in the football side. He'll let him do whatever he wants. So he, this becomes more and more attractive to me the more I think about it. That that's a landing place for Sean Payton. Well, now that the Texans are sitting on the number two overall pick, they may not get Bryce Young, but they're going to have their choice. If they want a Will Levis or if they want a C.J. Stroud, if he likes one of those two kids, he can get him at number two. He's not getting Bryce Young at two. It would take it would take no, a monumental probably. upset for someone to move into that number one pick and take Will Anderson, the the, the kid from the the defensive end from Alabama. Um, yeah, he's the best non quarterback available, and he's worthy of the number one pick. But these two quarterbacks, and really, there's probably three of them now that are going to be in the top five. That you could pick any one of them and be happy. Yeah, I think that you're maybe on to something on the Texans thing if Sean Payton likes one of the two quarterbacks. I mean, he likes C.J. Stroud or likes Will Levis. Um, personally, and we'll talk more about this as we get closer to the draft, I love C.J. Stroud and mm -hmm. would very much like to see C.J. Stroud in a Sean Payton offense. It'd be pretty phenomenal. The other thing I think is going to be interesting in this whole Sean Payton thing, so the, the way it has to work, he is under contract for two more seasons with the New Orleans Saints. The Saints never released him from his contract, nor should they have that. Well, so now you've got New Orleans controlling the contract. They want something coming back. They're talking about a first-round pick. But now the Carolina Panthers appear to be the team that really want Sean Payton, and that's in the division with the Saints. And the Saints are like, no, 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 no. Yeah. So that, how much do you have to give up to get Sean Payton from the Saints in the same division? Yeah. So if you're I mean, Carol, really, I mean, the Saints are going to ask Carolina. My understanding, the Saints are going to ask Carolina for a one and a two this year and a one next year. So then you got to look at it and go, wait a minute. Am I willing to give up that much to get the coach? 
And if I'm the coach, can I be the guy that says, yeah, I'm worth your next two number one picks? And that's where, you know, not only that, if the coach comes in and you don't have a one pick for the next two years, what are you, you going to do? That's right. That's what I'm saying. I mean, How is that worth it to him? I mean, he's yeah, got to read those. I don't see that as an attractive offer. Yeah, he's going to have to find a quarterback these next couple of years. The only way that works is if he's got a veteran he knows he can bring. And ain't nobody Jimmy going to G. Carolina with him. Jimmy G might. I don't think Jimmy G is a Sean Payton guy. It's it's not. <laughs> well, no, there's if, a way, if there's you're a talking way. about a veteran who's not a veteran who's not going to make mistakes, you build yeah, around him, you get the other pieces. That's not what Sean Payton does. Sean Payton wants Sean someone Payton. to run the team. He wants someone. If Sean Payton brings a quarterback with him, it's one of two guys: Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. And I'm not sure that's worth it with either of those guys. Honestly, if I were Sean Payton, I wouldn't take either of them. After I what they did, either I would go build. With, I'd go build a young with a young guy. But yeah, that's where you, again, yeah. I, I, those guys will both. If they're not with the teams they're currently with, they'll end up somewhere for sure if they want to play. Yeah. If I'm Sean Payton, I probably don't want either of them. Because they come with baggage, baggage that I don't need if I want to make a run. I'd rather build the rest of my team around maybe a lesser quarterback, lesser quarterback, but a younger quarterback, less experienced is more important, is probably what I should say. Not a lesser quarterback, a less experienced quarterback. And I can build around them and I can coach these guys. Because Sean Payton can coach. This isn't one of those situations where it's like, you know, we're not talking about Mike McCarthy here. We're talking about Sean Payton, who can coach a quarterback. Yeah. He did Drew Brees undersized mm-hmm. Drew Brees and was very successful with him. And he you know look, what he can do. Yeah. Let's be blunt about that. I'm, I'm a huge Saints fan. I will say this. I, Drew Brees is the best player in the history of the Saints franchise. But he is because he and Sean Payton worked so well together. The offense was That's built that. for Drew Brees. It was built for that, that player who could be that size with that athletic ability. That's not what anybody else is. And Sean Payton has known that if he was going to go somewhere, he wants a certain, he's going to want a quarterback that's maybe a dual threat guy who could run. Because Even though that's not what Breeze was, I think he's going to want that in this league now. And he's going to want to move the ball around and do some different things. And I think that, there's so many young quarterbacks, and this, this draft's got two of them, I think, that are that are tailor-made for what Sean Payton may want. And so I think that's why the Houston thing could be attractive. Um, I don't know. I think you could be onto something with that. I don't think the Panthers can make the right deal. I still think the Broncos are in the mix. I know he met with the Broncos again today. He was meeting with the Broncos ownership yeah. in New York. So it'll be interesting to see. It doesn't look like the Chargers job's coming open because they've thrown their OC and the quarterback coach under the bus. And you got to think that every offensive coordinator in the, in the NFL right now or any candidate for an OC job is calling Brandon Staley on the hour. Yeah. <laughs> okay. he, if I was, if I was an offensive coach, every <laughs> hour, hey, hey, it's Bo. Um, yeah. Did you feel the job yet? Look, I'm I want this job. <laughs> 
I don't coach Bo again. <laughs> I would just annoy him <laughs> until he hired me. These got because yeah, I, I can see got the a, OCs writing entire playbooks and emailing. He's like, "Look, here's some plays I thought of last night. And it's like four hundred pages yeah, long. Here's the shit I thought of because of the players you got. Let me come in there and coach this Herbert kid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I would, I would send it. I'd send a text to, to him every hour. Post. Let's go beat the Chiefs. Let's go. <laughs> With you know, the PS, just, I'll stop texting when you hire me. Yeah. The text will continue until the contract is signed. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I would send memes of Justin Herbert's hair. You know, don't worry, we'll protect Ford's <laughs> hair. You know, whatever it takes, I would do that. Every Everybody who's been in OC wants to be, is going to be calling it. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. So I want to see who he hires too. That's going to be interesting because he totally just threw Joe Lombardi under the bus. And so I, I think oh, it'll be interesting. Totally did. But uh, yeah. Uh, last thing I got for you this week. Oh, and I looked at that Texas thing you're talking about. The Texans also are 40 million under the cap. Yeah, they got plenty of room to work that with. Help. That can help bring some people in there. So you can improve your roster pretty quick with draft picks and 40 million in the cap. Um, Monday night, we saw Tom Brady and we saw him, you know, they lost the game. He didn't play particularly well. He hasn't really for the last year uh, was people what was that Tom Brady's <laughs> yeah. last game I think there's a distinct possibility of that this could be one of those where the the, the aftertaste of that for him could be sour enough he he calls it quits yeah. this year has cost him a lot yeah it has personally and professionally yeah. and that might have that might be enough for him to say I have nothing left to prove. This the game is soured on me. It's time to walk away and go do my, you know, do my my commentator job, my announcer job, go walk for Fox and make my three hundred and fifty million. Yeah. That that this could be it. It really could. Are there opportunities for him? Yes. There it are positions though for him. Outside of Tampa, I think he could come back to Tampa, but I wouldn't. And I'd have Todd Bowles as a coach. Um but I think there's opportunities for him and other teams that he could be one of those guys that tries to do a little hat trick, three Super Bowls, three teams. Yeah. But this year is this year was particularly rough yeah. for him personally and professionally, and I and I, I wouldn't be surprised if he if he calls it quits at all. Yeah. I wouldn't either. I just think that like, he's, you know, he's had the greatest career in the history of the NFL, and uh, you know, look at that press conference after the game. He looked defeated. He looked like he was yeah. down. I don't think he knows yet what he's going to do. Um, but I do think that it's probably time. I mean, he's 45. Hell, I'm 47. I could barely get out of bed some mornings. I don't know how he doesn't play in the NFL at 45. But I think that there's not a whole lot he can really give to a team at this point. And I think that any team that would sign him right now they're hoping to get Tom Brady from five years ago, and they're not going to get that Tom Brady. I would. I, I, I he needs I, a coach. He needs yeah, a coach, I mean, and he needs pieces. Yeah, he needs someone. And most who teams could, that need a quarterback don't have that. Yeah, I don't think that this is the. I don't think. I don't know. If there is a right situation for him right now. So I, you know, again, the greatest career in the history of football. 
you could argue the greatest career in the history of any sport in America. Um, I mean, but he's, it's time. Seeing him, I made the, I said it on Twitter on Monday night. I said, watching Tom Brady this season has been like watching Willie Mays as a Met. I imagine what that was like. Um, you know, he played his last season for New York Mets or when Johnny Unitas was a, was a, was a charger, you know, uh, yeah. when Joe Namath was a Ram, you know, it's like, you're not finding that magic again. The, the fact that he got there as a buck was a confluence of so many things all at once and good for him that it happened, but it's not going to ever happen again. So don't chase it. Yeah. I don't, I don't see it happen. I don't see that happening with any of the other team. Like he, for me, if he were to go on a run, like he wants to for a third, he'd have to go to San Francisco where everything is already laid out there. And he could just and I think in. that is the thought and, with a lot of people. Is it that? But, here's, be but here's here's my problem. If I'm San Francisco, I like what Purdy's doing. I, I still do got Trey Lance on the on the bench. I haven't even that. seen what he can do. Yeah, got Trey I Lance. Totally didn't agree. even got one game out of him. Don't know what he can be as a pro yet. Yeah. And you still got Jimmy G, who has still you know not you know he's not Tom Brady, but he's consistent and a winner with everything yeah. else they got on but that he, team. They can he's, go. He's gone. Garoppolo's gone now. He's a free agent. They would have oh, yeah, to yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, bring him back. That, yeah. his, his contract. But they're not going to do that. So no, for me, no getting Tom Brady is not worth the headache when yeah. you've got players, you've got quarterback, you've got a coach. You don't need Tom Brady to go to a Super Bowl with that team. Yeah. Tom Brady needs a team like that, but they don't need Tom Brady. And that's where you're really sitting. Yeah. I agree. I think he retires. I think he goes to work for Fox. I don't see him. I see him wanting to, but I don't see him realistically evaluating the situation in the NFL and saying, this is going to be for me again, one more year. I think it's too hard. I don't think there's any good situations for him to go to. Unless it's a Sean Payton in Houston and he yeah. brings, gives him a year, gives him a year and just tries to do something with his picks and just has fun with it, but I don't see that happening either. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see a situation. I mean, you know, I know that Saints fans were saying, let's bring Peyton back for a year and have Brady come in to be our quarterback with that great defense and Kamara and all the receivers looking, make it happen for one year. Sean Payton's not coming back to New Orleans. He's just not. There's a reason he no. wants to leave. And I understand that. So that's not, that was the only spot where that makes sense. The 49ers one makes sense, but I just don't see if you're the 49ers why you would do it. I, I would, I, you got two quarterbacks. And if you don't like either of them, that's fine. Trade them both. But I don't think Brady's the guy that I'd bring in. I agree. Especially I agree. when, if we look at, we'll talk more about this in the next after the Super Bowl, <laughs> when I think there's going to be a huge quarterback name available this offseason. And that's Lamar Jackson. I think him. Yeah, and, I think I him and, oh, oh, yeah. We haven't talked about him all. Well, uh, I, mean, I think him and Baltimore done. We haven't talked about him. I think he's going to get I a agree. franchise tag so that they can get a, so they know they can get a number a first round pick for him. But someone's going to do that. Someone's going to pull that trigger. That's another trigger that the Texans could pull if they had a Sean Payne. And here's the thing: there's two teams within driving distance that could definitely use Lamar. Yeah. 
Yeah, Washington. The Commandos yeah. be good. Yeah. Commandos. And if you want to, if you want to reach for it, you, you know, I, he had a great game, but does that make a career? Giants. I think the Jets are more likely to get Lamar Jackson. I agree. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Jets went and said, but here's the other side of that. You are one this year. Give us Lamar franchising and we'll make the deal. Yeah. Here's the other side of that. The commanders, commanders in the Baltimore and Baltimore, they share the best same backyard. I don't even think you have to move. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be interesting. There's going to be some teams that go for this because he's not staying in Baltimore now. If he couldn't make a deal by now. Oh, I think he's absolutely had it. And I, I think, think that's that, a, that, that relationship is completely it. soured. Yeah, I, the whole thing is soured. They didn't do right by him. He didn't do right by them at the end. And I think that yeah. there's going to be some smoke. To, they're going to go in and franchise. There's just no doubt. They can't just let him go as a free agent. But give him the franchise no, tag. Yeah, you agree. And trade and him. And trade him. And I do think you can get a you can get a one, and which is fine. Even if you get, I mean, you might get two ones. The right team would take him. You, you know who might be a really good team for that for him, yeah. and it would be good because he wouldn't have to run as much. Tennessee. Ooh, that would be interesting. Stand, yeah. They don't really have a. They don't. I mean, we've talked about Tannehill. We, they don't really have a, a, a franchise type no. quarterback, and, they really and they've got a running guy. back who is the king. That could be a really good matchup. Could you imagine that run game though? Lamar Jackson hitting the ball to Derrick Henry. Imagine, imagine like the playbook. <laughs> having to cover into. both of them on the ground. Oh man, that's the thing. Imagine having to cover both of them on the ground. The triple option with that, and no one can do that in football. Uh-huh. But you could with Lamar Jackson and Derrick Henry. That's so. It'd be cool. the. It would be the I'd RR. Like, well, I'm a fullback. Here we go, <laughs> and they get that big ass fullback, that Ricard guy. Did you see how great he played on Sunday? Yeah. That's why they were tearing the Bengals up. Yeah, you trade. If I were the Titans, I'd go ahead and give up a one or two and, and get Lamar on a on on off the on the franchise tag. Go ahead and do it. Yeah, Play him yeah, in here. Franchise him and we'll realize that if he doesn't have to run, if he doesn't have to be your leading rusher and your passer, he's probably healthy yeah. all year. Yeah. Get a couple pieces on defense, and you've got yourself a chance of running a Super Bowl with that team. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's going to be an off-season story that's going to be huge that no one's talked about yet is Lamar Jackson's not going to be a Raven next year. You got a guy who's an MVP. He was an MVP three seasons ago. This guy is awesome. And and he is he's a different kind of talent than those big three we talked about earlier in Mahomes, Allen, and Burrow. But he's different in a way that in the way the game is being played now, where you can effectively run the football, wow, you can yeah. do some things with him that you can't do with anybody else. There's one other attractive, this is that pipe dream kind of attraction that I'm just thinking of. What if Peyton goes to the Texans and the Texans get him? They got plenty of cap room and they got picks. If Sean that Payton could be, Texans, and they went and got Lamar Jackson, Joseph, yeah, uh-huh. yeah After the, yeah. Me all. because they got plenty of picks they can trade too. Yeah, they can make that deal, yeah. and they're so young you can build around, and they have salary cap. Yep. And the 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 they fact got you room, know, off that they've got by Sean Payton, 
with Lamar Jackson at quarterback, you could really attract some people in there quickly. You can get yeah. a couple of running backs, a couple wide receivers really quick. Yeah. And Houston's not a cold weather. They're near the coast. It's an attractive destination. Yeah. And you bring in a Sean Payton and Lamar Jackson, you can get talent down there easy. Yeah, with they that. Could. yeah. The, the Texans, it's a it's an incredible hire if the Houston Texans can hire Sean Payton. I still think Sean you, Payton... Oh, my God. It, it just... Yeah. It just gets worse for me because now I'm thinking Sean Payton goes to Houston, they get Lamar, and they sign OBJ to a one-year deal. It just keeps getting – they got the room. They have so much they could do. Look, look, we got we got to get some cash together quick. We'll buy these Saints because if you change the ownership of the Saints, you might stay. <laughs> and we'll be like, dude, we can just trade everybody up out of here, out of this quarterback room. We'll get Lamar. We'll fire that stupid general manager. I'll fix the salary cap. Don't worry about it. Yeah. You make this happen. There's plenty of options. Definitely some really attractive options. A lot of happening in the offseason. Yeah. Offseason is going to be a lot of fun this year. So, well, let's finish up. We got, uh, you know, four games this week, then two next. And then a week and a half after that, or two weeks after that, we're going to have one game. So. Hey, do want to give our shout out to our newest sponsor here on the Coach Bonos podcast, and that is DraftKings. So, uh, you know, we've used a couple other sites in the past, and uh, now we are partnering up with DraftKings. Uh, DraftKings right now, if you jump in, use our link in the show notes, you're going to get a $100 free bet. Um, you can use it any game, any time, and um, it really helps us out as well. So, yeah, check out the show notes. There's a link. DraftKings, you're going to get a bonus plus $100 in free bets. Check it out. Draft is the perfect time to get in there. If you're not already on DraftKings, you better get on it now. So, I mean, there's just too many things you'd be betting on this week. So, get in there, get it going. Remember, what we say here gamble responsibly, tip money. That's how we're doing it. Tip money. Don't be gambling four, five, six dollars $600 a game. Leave it, to, leave it to the people who have that kind of money. You listen to this podcast, get in there, have a little fun with it. A little something on the game. If it's not your teams, it's a great way to watch the game when you got a little something extra going. And you got college basketball now. The NBA is in session. Uh, it's getting fun. So check it out in the, tra- the DraftKings. Uh, you'll see the link in the show notes. Check it out that way and uh, be uh, be uh, be responsible with your gaming on that. So we want to thank DraftKings for sponsoring the podcast. Uncle Rico, I'll uh, talk to you next week. Anything between now and then you're concerned about it that we need to know about? No, no, just looking forward to some great great weekend of football, sports in general. There's, you know, winter sports, you know. There you go. Great yeah. time to be to be, to be, uh, to be a fan. A little hard for man to be playing golf right now in the snow, huh? Not when there's eight inches on the ground. I'm, I'm just <laughs> dying here. I'm so glad I went to Florida for the week. I yeah. got in four rounds while I was down there. It was so great. Mm-hmm. I, God, get back here. Came back to what should have been a dusting that was eight inches on the ground. And now, just as it did, I just need like two more days and I could have got a round in with it melting and they dumped this on us. And I think there's another one coming in a couple, in a week or two. Well, sometime before the end of basketball season, I'll come out with a little Nuggets game. Cool. Maybe we'll figure out what my grizzles are in town. That, oh, yeah, we missed the last one. I think, we, I think last, we got a few weeks before they come back. Yeah. 
Yeah, so we might like just a hair, just Although, a hair. I, you know, I gotta tell you, the between the Grizzlies and the, between the, the Grizzles and the Nuggets, those are two of my favorite teams to watch right now. They just lighten it up. They're the best. I think they're the best two teams in basketball. Uh, the Celtics are right behind. <laughs> them. Uh, I got I got the Nuggets game on right now for recording. So, um, and they're they're a fun team to watch. So I'll definitely come out making a trip for that. So, because uh, we don't have an NBA team here in Kansas City. We don't Sunday. have an NBA team here Sunday. in Lawrence right now, for sure. <laughs> Lawrence we'll talk, doesn't need You know, anything. we'll talk about the Jayhawks next week a little bit. How about that? We'll, we'll talk about that. Hey, uh, thank you again, Rico, for coming on. I appreciate it. I enjoy it when you're on here every week and do this football talk stuff. Uh, I want to thank Tyler Jones and everybody in Studio Soapbox for all you do behind the scenes. Uh, most importantly, thank you to you, the listener. Don't forget to rate us in reviews. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast, appreciate your five-star review. Uh, until next time, I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. Have a great week. Remember your time tokens are not reflected. Take care, everybody.